Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cook? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle? And I'm telling your short ass he can't handle no goddamn milk cook. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Cat Morris. What is this, three weeks in a row? It's like a fucking record this year, right? Crazy as shit. It's fucking, what, Wednesday? It's Wednesday. I, I used to do shows every Wednesday. So now we're breaking it up a little bit. But either way, um, Wednesday, fucking um, the, the, the 12th, September 12th. Um, so yeah, man, I got some shit to, to talk about. Um, there's some CZW-related items that we will get into later. I don't want to start off that way. Um, I Obviously, week one of the NFL football season, I, I'm probably going to hop into that in just a second um yeah just just get that out of the way before we talk about the other wrestling related things and um i watched the new ngi ngi 3 i believe it is the nick gage invitational this one uh out of chicago so i watched that and um you know we'll get into that as well 
Um, so, yeah, let me just start off with this NFL thing. Um, I'm not going to go through every game. Um, you know, I realize I've done some of that in the past. And, you know, when it comes to having Christian on, when I have Christian come on from the Daily Blitz, uh, he'll come on and we'll go over every game. We'll go over next week's games. We'll go over this week's games. We'll go over outlooks. We'll go over thoughts, predictions, all sorts of shit like that. Those will be shows specifically for those that purpose. You know what I mean? And I'll try to, you know, uh, j- just do the show based on that and I'll wrap it up. And if I'm going to do another show that week, then I'll do another show that week. And that way, if, if you're not into the football thing, then you could just skip over it. So when I do football on this show, you know, I'm going to do, uh, you know, I'll talk. I mean, make no mistake about it. I'll talk about some football. But I'm not going to, like, go through the entire league as far as, uh, you know, the games from this week and the games next week and this and that. Um, what I am doing, and we'll talk about that, is uh, betting. I, I told you... <laughs> Sports fucking gambling is legalized in New Jersey. And, um, you know, look, this season is going to be interesting for me. Uh, I plan on my my current goal is to make one single bet a week. Um, and, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty low stakes bets. Uh, you know, I have three kids and, uh, you know, bills to pay and stuff. I'm not really looking to, you know, put myself in the fucking uh, in a tent for fucking football, but, but it does make it very, very interesting and extremely exciting. Um, so I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Let me just go over a couple of things I wanted to touch on from this past week. The Eagles, you know, I can't stand the fucking Eagles it came down to one play again towards the end of the game. And, you know, Matt Ryan throws a better ball to Julio in the corner game's over, but same, same was the case in the fucking playoffs. You know, and that's the reason why the Eagles went forward and then won the Super Bowl. So what can you do? This is the type of things that games are decided off of. So it's not a, I can't discredit them for winning the game. But, um, you know, I don't know if Eagles fans should be, like, hyped right now. It definitely doesn't look like a repeat squad. Um, Steelers-Browns, like, um, this, um, I'll, I'll hit back on this when we get into my game, my bet game for this week, but uh, Steelers are not looking impressive. Uh, without Bell, they blew a big lead and let the Browns back in. I understand, like, yeah, the Browns are the Browns. They haven't won since fucking uh, 2016, and they only won one game that year. So in the past fucking two years and change, they've won a total of one game. That's fucking crazy, but um, you know, at some point, the Browns gotta get competitive. I honestly thought for at least the first half of last year, the Browns were very competitive. They just weren't winning the game in the end, but they were having a lot of fucking close games. Even the year before with their one win, a lot of close games, bottom really fell out towards the end of last year. And it was just, it was what it was, but you know, how, how many years in a row can you get top draft picks before you're a factor? So I'm not going to discount the Browns altogether and be like, it was the Browns, but it was the Browns. I mean, they're still a, a team in the works. So it's, this isn't a team that the Steelers, who a lot of people were predicting the Steelers to go win another Super Bowl, which as a Niner fan, we got five Super Bowls and the Steelers have six. So I, I'm not up to talking about the Steelers winning a seventh Super Bowl before we get our fucking sixth. I'm, I'm not up for that type of discussion. So, um, yeah, fuck them. But, uh, you know, tying with the Browns is, is what it is there. Uh, let me see what other games I want to touch on. I mean, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick going out there and just blowing the fucking Saints up. Again, the Saints were another team that people are predicting go to the you know the Super Bowl or going far in the playoffs and this and that. The, Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That high high powered offense is always a consistent thing with them, but their defense is absolute trash. And they just made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like a motherfucking all star, and he's not. Stop it, you know you know motherfucking well. Ryan Fitzpatrick ain't going to do that shit throughout the season. Uh, not the whole fucking season. He's going to come the fuck out as soon as the dude, uh, you know, that's grabbing Uber drivers comes back, stealing crabs and fucking losing games. Uh, and then they're going to have to wonder, like, do we go back to Ryan because he won that fucking Saints game? Like, mm. um, I'm trying to see what else. Oh, the Bears-Packers game. Holy shit, man. That, you know, Khalil Mack is a fucking animal. Straight up. I mean, that dude was <laughs> that dude was busting through on sacks and just like taking the ball away from the quarterback. Uh, Aaron Rodgers got knocked the fuck out. Khalil Mack was picking the ball off, fucking strip sacking motherfuckers. Like he, he just he, he's an absolute force. The Raiders should have paid him every fucking thing they had, and you know they they'll definitely pay for that that move. Um, you know I I wish we could have pulled him. I mean anybody would be way, way better to have that guy on their fucking defense. The guy is, is a fucking monster. Absolute fucking monster. But he goes in there. He's just dominating. The Bears' defense is looking fucking really good. And um, what's his name? Uh, oh, Jesus. I uh, Trubisky? Uh, he's, uh, isn't that the guy? Isn't that the guy they got? Shit. Um, let me see. I think Trubisky's the guy. Is that the guy that, uh... Let me see. Yeah, Mr. Trubisky. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's alright. You know, he's moving the ball. He's doing some things. I'm not sold on him being just like a fucking beast or anything, but, yeah, he does his thing. I mean, he's, he's, he's competing out there. He hasn't blown the game for them. That's that's not who blew the game. But, uh, yeah. So, what happens? Fucking Aaron Rodgers gets carted off the goddamn field. Goes to the locker room. Comes the fuck back to the sideline. He's got his fucking helmet on. He's standing there. I'm like, this fucking guy's coming back in the game. Now, towards the end of the game, there's a little more than two minutes left. The Bears are up by three points. They drive down and they kick a field goal. They showed Aaron Rodgers on the sideline after they kicked the field goal, and a smirk hit his fucking face like they just kicked a game-winning field goal. He he had a smile on his fucking face like, we just won the fucking game. And I'm like, look at this motherfucker. And I'm like, they, they're just going to win this fucking game. Like, that's what's about to happen, and he fucking knows it. He knows there's no chance the Bears are stopping him from fucking scoring. Like, it's pretty much down to, can the Bears score back after Aaron Rodgers definitely scores on this next drive? That Like, that's the type of shit it came down to. And sure enough, bam, hits a guy on a fucking route over the middle where nobody is there to fucking stop him. He sees that fucking open guy, bam, hits him, fucking guy goes up the field, gone. Fucking game over. That's, I mean, that's, that's got to be fucking crushing the Bears fans. Sorry, Russell. Um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers is an absolute monster. Absolute fucking monster. 
And, uh, you know, I'll never forget that we passed on him to take Alex Smith in the fucking draft. Um, that's, that's always hurtful to me. But other than that, he, I mean, he's just a lot of fucking fun to watch. So there's that. Um, not for Bears fans. And uh, I think we played him this year, and he's not going to be fun for me to watch that day either. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, talk about, um, I think the only other game I want to talk about is my game. And that's uh, Niners-Vikings. I bet on this game, and I lost. Um, I bet on us winning the game by between 1 and 13 points, and we lost by um, how many points? Eight. We lost by eight points. Um, here's the thing. Like, a lot of people, you know, uh, Dickinson jumps on his shit because he's, like, so fucking anti. He's dying for um, Garoppolo to be a bust. As soon as, like, they paid him that money, they're like, oh, look at these fucking idiots, and he's just another schmo, and it's eh, just fucking settle down. Um, the Vikings are one of the toughest defenses in all of football, straight up. I mean, they, they weren't in the playoffs last year based on quarterback performance. They had several different quarterbacks in case Keenum was immediately traded after the season and, um, you know, played really fucking well throughout a good portion of the season. They traded every fucking quarterback they had. They just got rid of all their fucking quarterbacks and went and got Kirk Cousins because they, they knew like the foundation of that team was the defense. So for them to pick up where they left off, it was going to be like, they got rid of their running back. They got rid of their quarterbacks. They weren't worried about that facet, uh, that that portion of their team. They had a system in place where their offense was going to work. And on defense, they knew they were fucking solid. So that's what we went into is playing, you know, at at the Vikings, you know, at, at their house, is playing one of the top defenses in the league. The first things first, you don't bet on your own team because you're always going to be more optimistic than it is realistic. But... You know, I, I knew that going in, and I just said, you know, if we pull this, it's a big. It was big money, uh, big in the sense of bet forty dollars if you win, it's one hundred and twelve bucks. You know what I mean? So that that's not a bad bet to lose forty bucks and possibly win one twelve is not fucking bad. Um, so I lost. You know, it is what it is, and I'm not gonna bet on my team again. So I say this week. Um, but look, you know, Garoppolo threw a couple picks. He's he's a risk taker. He's a guy who shoots the fucking ball into tight fucking spots. Pause. He um he really threads the needle. He fucking takes risks. I mean, it, he's a guy who he plays with a lot of confidence. And again, against one of the top defenses in the league, they're going to catch you slipping. If anyone's going to catch you slipping, it's going to be one of those teams and the fucking Vikings did. So, uh I mean, we had a fucking goal line fumble. You know, we lost Jared Jared McKinnon and uh, that dude was going to be our running back. He was going to be a great fucking receiving running back out of the backfield. He was going to be a solid running back on the ground. Um, he was really going to be a big focal point of our offense. And we lost him right before the season started. So um, Morris is in there. He's a veteran, but, man, I don't know about him carrying the ball all the time. I think Breida was banged up. We got Breida and Mostert. Uh, Breed, I think, was banged up in preseason, and he got back in there. He was ready to go, but, you know, he's not – I don't think he's 100%. So, I'm hoping the production picks up on those young guys because I don't know if uh, Alfred Morris is going to be the guy. He fumbled the ball on the fucking goal line twice in a row, and the first time he got it back, and then they fucking gave it to him the next play, and he didn't get it back that time. 
So, I mean, there there were some really bad things. Like, right there, that would have tied the fucking game up. You know, we, we punched that into the end zone. That ties the game up at, at the at the time. Um, and, and, again, Garoppolo throws three fucking picks. That I mean, we were moving the ball all day long on a team that is is one of the top defenses. I'm happy with that. I'm really happy with that. He was finding receivers. He was making shit happen. We were moving the ball. We were getting first downs. I've been a Niner fan for a long fucking time. And the past couple of years with fucking Kaepernick, I know he's everybody's hero on the fucking Nike commercials and shit, and good for him, you know. If he's going to, um, you know, raise awareness and, and get people behind something positive, then, then by all means, I have no problems with him. As a quarterback, I had a big fucking problem with him because I was a fan and then he lost confidence. And what happened was you deflated as a fan. You watched those games and there was not a chance when it came to third quarter there was not a chance that that cap was going to bring you back in the game. He, he, you weren't like, once you were down, there was no like, Oh, he's going to rally. He's going to do some slick shit. Like he's going to nah, like you were done. And you just had to watch your team slowly lose for the rest of the day. And you just had this like fucking black cloud over you watching the game. Like, man, <sighs> Oh, three and out again. Oh, that's sucking. All right. Well, uh, maybe next time. Oh no, no, not, not again. And it was just a long fucking day. A lot of long fucking days. And Garoppolo is the guy who, yeah, we might be losing the game, but bam, he's hitting this fucking target. He's hitting that target. He's fucking, he's making some fucking moves. And he's still young. Understand, this guy has started, I think, eight games. He he has not had a full season under his belt yet. He started a couple games for Brady when Brady was out. And he started, I think, five for us and won all five. You know, he was 7-0 and as a starter. I think he started two in New England. Uh, if I'm correct on that. So this this was his first fucking loss, and it was one of the top defenses in the league. I'm not upset. I, to call him a bust at this point is, is fucking like, that's like head trauma. Like that, that you must have bumped your motherfucking head to call him a bust at this point. It's just like, that's what you want to happen. But anyway, um, on to the next week. And guess who we play? The fucking Detroit Lions, who were just completely dismantled this past week by the New York Jets. Uh, they're talking like all sorts of just mayhem going on in their office and, and people hating the fucking, uh, hating the, uh, the coach and not wanting to play for him and shit. And like the fucking season just started bad news in Detroit. Our first home game, you know, you already know where the fuck I'm going with that. Um, so let me see. Um, all right. Uh, what, what was the other thing I wanted to talk about here, uh, game-wise? So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not upset about that. Um, oh, yeah, let me, let me just get into my bet then. Um, now, going into next week, um, we got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, my bet, and look, I, I'm just going to go ahead every fucking week. I'll either sound... Like a complete idiot, which to me is entertaining to hear someone come on every week and just be like, this is what's fucking happening and then lose every week. It would be hilarious on the other end. To me, obviously, it's not going to be as funny, but I understand entertainment. So uh, there's that. And then if I'm right every fucking week, then guess what? I mean, you motherfuckers are just making money if if you listen, you know, Um, 
So, and it's going down by the day because things are becoming more evident that this might be the case. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to play at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, my bet is that the Kansas City Chiefs win by 14 or more points. Now, you might think that's crazy because, man, uh, the fucking Steelers are the Steelers. But let's look at it like this. They just gave up a big lead to the Cleveland Browns and tied with the Cleveland Browns who haven't won a game since 2016. Again, I understand they may be improving in this and that. Uh, Big Ben is listed as playing, but very banged up and could be limited. They said uh, he's got some kind of injury now that he's he's dealing with. And, you know, Big Ben's a tough guy. He'll, He'll fucking go out there and he'll play and... You know, uh, he's he's one of the toughest the NFL has ever seen at the quarterback position. He's a big, tough dude. Um, But not 100%. So let's take that into uh, account. Bell is still not playing. Part of what made the Pittsburgh Steelers a favorite to win the Super Bowl was that that Ben, Bell, and, um, and, and Brown. The, 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 the triple Bs, you know, whatever the fuck they call them. They don't have their star fucking running back. Now let's talk about the other side. We're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that has their defense back healthy and looking fucking monstrous. They're picking the ball off. They're making motherfuckers make mistakes. They're up in there. And then you got Pat Mahomes. I believe that's his fucking name. He is slinging that ball all over the fucking field. You got the running game working. The return game is working. These motherfuckers have offensive weapons, and they have a playmaker now. I'm an Alex fan. I love Alex, but he wasn't a game-breaker. This fucking guy, he's a game-breaker. So if Tyrod Taylor can drive up and down the field and do some last-minute scrambling and moving the ball all over the fucking place for the Cleveland Browns, you bet your ass this fucking guy Pat Mahomes can fucking do that shit. They they let a veteran go because they had so much confidence in that dude, and that dude gave the fucking Chargers work. The Chargers are another team that people are predicting winning the fucking division over there and this and this and this. Bullshit. Watch those fucking Kansas City Chiefs. You look at what the fuck they're doing over there. So, having said that, if you go on... um. I use uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, again, you got to live in Jersey. This is this is a, this is a luxury that we have in Jersey. Legal sports betting. I am not talking any illegal activity. I'm talking legal sports betting. You bet the Kansas City Chiefs to win by 14 or more, and you put up $80. The Kansas City Chiefs win by 14 or more. You win $600. So if you want free money. If you'd like a little, like like an extra paycheck this week, I don't know how much you motherfuckers make, but uh, if you'd like some more money, some free money, then that's the type of thing you're going to do this week. That That's the type of thing you're going to do this week. They actually, see, like, I'm not even, like, they don't sponsor me and shit. Like, I don't know why I'm doing people favors like this and just giving people money, but, you know, people say I'm a dickhead, but um, usually not to me, and, you know... Sometimes I proved them wrong. Now on this, look, 
FanDuel, again, I don't, you know, I don't get any fucking money, no, no sponsorship on this fucking podcast. I'm definitely not the type of podcast that uh, people are going to sponsor, but, um, when you sign up for them, they have a deal where it's like fucking, uh, they'll double your, um, your, your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. And I fucked up on this and like, didn't do that right. So like, I was so excited to make a fucking legal bet. I think I fucked up on that and screwed myself out of that deal. Cause I made my first deposit, didn't get any double, didn't put any codes in. And then I tried to double back and see if I can get like that, that deal, even though I didn't cash in on it. And I don't, I don't think I can. So anyway, but if you uh, sign up and you, your first fucking deposit, they'll double it up to a hundred dollars, but you have to bet the whole thing. So let's just say, let's just say uh, you max bet, right? As far as like what they'll double. And you put up $200 on on what I just said. Kansas City Chiefs winning by 14 or more. You put up that 100 of your own, the 100 they give you. So you wager $200. You'll win $1,500 on that fucking game. So, again, if you like money, again, if you don't like money, I, I you know, I don't know. I mean, that's fine. I don't expect you to capitalize on this type of thing, but. Um, it's something to look into if money is like your thing, like if, if it's something that you're interested in. Um, so that's that. I just wanted to, uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, yeah, I, um, let me see, what do I want to do? Let me, let me play a track, come back and start to talk wrestling. That way I could separate it a little bit. Cause I'm over here trying to stare at my phone and shit and do the thing. And you know, I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, let me play this one. I don't write rhymes, I write prescriptions, cause these niggas sick me. My wife is religious, her Louboutins are Christian. I put so many hoes in you, when I back out the smithing. Weston, when the wind blow, my nigga, you gon' be whistling. I got so much stamina, man, I could go the distance. I get so busy out in the street, I need an assistant. A credit that to God, cause he taught me to be persistent. Consistent, relentless, overcome the resistance. Was on Canal Street with cassettes, was selling business. I came from the root of Canal without a dentist. In the videos, Shook Knight, lullaby, one of you mumble rappers, good night. You wear a lot of name brand clothes, but they don't look right. You ain't fly enough to sit on this overbooked flight. My music's falling on deaf ears. Does anybody hear me? My music's falling on deaf ears. Is anybody out there? Do y'all niggas hear me? Does anybody hear me? My music's falling on deaf ears. Underrated. I ain't never been afraid, forever getting paid. Coming with a vendetta, Beretta's getting sprayed. Represent the good fellas and clever renegades. Have them jump up out of them jettas and wet them with the gate. I'll be heading to the stage, stepping in my jade. I intend to behead them and shred them with the blade. My endeavors are clever, intelligent, and brave. I could disconnect them and dead them, I set them in his grave. Dead presidents get made while my record getting played. A veteran who aids way better than them lame. Invented in my brain and invented on a page. 
My invention can amaze you, irrelevant and vague. Disrespected, arrested, I'm fed up with a rage. Even slept up in the cage, but I've never been a slave. Rock a bezel that's engraved with the letters of my name. Resembling the chain is the symbol of the pain. Our level's at the same. If it ever gets a praise, I'll accept the biggest wage. And you just the biggest lame. I done boxed in the snow, wrestled in the rain. Bitten by the jaws of the devil with his fangs. Grab the hand rail, man, I tell you it's a shame. Almost knocked to the floor by the tremble of the train. Yeah, that the Papu shit is crazy, man. Um, yo, first off, uh, I don't know if anyone uh, caught this. I don't know what kind of interview it was. It was some kind of shit, but they had panel, and they had fucking Joe Budden on there and a couple other people and Remy, and Remy was like, so <laughs> they were talking about the uh, the Machine Gun Kelly Eminem thing, and then uh, she just cut right in and was like. So, Joe, why didn't you respond to what Eminem said? Is it because you straight pussy and you know if you say some shit, he's going to straight fucking roast you? <laughs> and he was like, yo. He's like, no, no, Rami, no, no. It's like, well, you already know the deal. So, I don't know. It should, shit is just funny to me that she just she went right at his fucking throat like that. That's the thing. Like, he, he thinks he can kind of just, like, sit up on a high horse and be like, I'm the better MC, so I won't respond until I'm impressed. And it's like, bro, nobody nobody thinks of you like that. That's just you. But, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's that. And then there's 50 and Bus are going at each other on fucking Instagram. And I am begging for this motherfucking battle, because I love both of these motherfuckers as MCs, and if these two can get into, like, some serious rap battle back and forth, like, fucking real tracks, man, like, like, fucking throw mixtape fire at each other, and then, like, an album rollout fucking track, yeah, I mean, like, like, 50 did with Ja Rule and shit, and, and Bust just fucking do what Bust does, man, it, it's good for hip-hop, like I said, I, I like both of these dudes a lot. I mean, two of my favorite still existing MCs, I would say. 50's due for some real fire shit. Like, he really, like, he's been on, like, cruise control. He's been doing that fucking TV shit. Since he's been doing that power thing, and I don't have Showtime or whatever the fuck, so I haven't even watched it, but I hear it's great and all of this, and his character just died and all that other shit. I've heard a bunch of things. But, um... He hasn't been throwing, like, musical fucking fire in a long time. And I'm I'm really dying for 50 to get back to that. So, again, if it's some shit that gets on between them and Bust throws some fire, because Bust is on the album rollout. Like, he is just about to throw an album out there. So, it would make sense for him to go and start fucking throwing fire at 50. And, and if 50 strikes back, which, I mean, he's one of those dudes that, that's most likely going to strike back. So, um... I'm looking forward to it. I'm really hoping this turns into some some good back and forth shit. Um, and shit, man. Let um, fuck, man. Thing is, is Joe, kind of like Remy said, is straight pussy, and he ain't gonna get into shit. But I would love for him to be making music and start trying to go at Remy or some shit and have Papoose get involved because Papoose will put him back in retirement quicker than he could fucking think. I mean, I know he thinks he could, you know, he he could clean this motherfucker up, but Come on, man. That's like, like the shit I just played with Pat, man. The dude is nasty. So, um, I think Pat's coming out with some new shit soon. I think Cassidy's coming out with some new shit soon. Even if it's mixtape shit, which I kind of rather with both of those cats. 
um, I'm looking forward to it. Let's get into that NGI. Um, NGI 3 out in uh, Chicago. Let me start off with the um, the the commentary team on this. Uh, Dave Prezak and uh, Robert Anthony. Um, I did not like this commentary team. I like Robert Anthony a lot. I think he's a good dude. He could be, you know, severe ball buster at times. Um, if the Niners start to fail, he'll be the first one to criticize them, even though he doesn't really watch football. He owns like an old Brian Erlacher jersey, but he really doesn't follow football. Like if Chicago wound up in the Super Bowl, he'd be like their biggest fan, but he couldn't tell you what the fuck's going on during the season. Uh, he just, you know, he's more of a hockey guy. But um, I, I like the dude. I've always liked him as a wrestler. Uh, I like him as a person. I think he's a cool dude. Again, fucking ball buster, but good dude. Um. Dave Prezak, I don't know him personally, but as far as a commentator goes, I've always despised Dave Prezak. Uh, Dave Prezak, um, he's, what I hate commentary is what I hated about mixtape DJs back in the day. Um, and most, and of course there's exceptions, but um, when a commentator takes away from the actual performance like, Dave Prezak puts on these, like, squealy voices and makes, like, noises, like, silly fucking screeching noises when, like, a bump happens. Like, especially deathmatch wrestling, when a guy's getting thrown through, you know, a, a pile of glass. I don't need the fucking commentator going, eee! I, I I don't need that shit. Like, that's just, like, noise in my fucking ear while I'm watching this. You know, the the... The natural sound of the breaking glass and shit like that, that shit sounds dope. And, uh, you know, the announcers have to find a way to react to it without sounding like, you know, like, like bitches, like, like whining and screaming and making like crazy noises. And like, we know, like, you know, obviously it's an act because, you know, that's, that's the act he, he chose to put on. He, he always chooses to put on. But, you know, this, this dude's a veteran. He was doing fucking commentary for IWA Mid-South in the fucking early 2000s and probably even before that. So, for him to act like, oh, I've never seen anything like this before and I'm so shocked I'm going to exclaim like a like a girl like that just fell off her bike. Like, you know I mean, like, a, like an eight-year-old that just fell off her bike. Um... It just it just sounds fucking crazy, and it takes away. Like when DJ Clue used to scream fucking Clue over the, and I can't, I'm not gonna even attempt a really high voice and shit. The Clue, yeah, there, there we go. Um, yeah, that shit like really high over and over, and it would echo, and it's like this track is dope as fuck. And then he would just start screaming in that fucking really high voice over the top of your shit, and you're like, fuck, I wish this guy would die. Like I, I he's throwing some of the hottest tracks ever out there. And it's like, now how can I find this track without his fucking voice on it? That was like clue had the hot shit clue had the hot shit. Okay. Now fuck. Now I can't wait till that comes out without clue on it. So I could really fucking rock that shit because if I fucking bump that shit in the speakers, it's all good until his fucking piercing fucking voice comes slicing through your fucking brain while you're trying to rock this fucking music. 
You know what I mean? This dude isn't, like, fucking musically talented. He's just, like, playing fucking records and, like, blending them in together, you know, in, in the middle. You know what I mean? Or, it, like, fading one into the next and throwing a couple scratches in there, bringing it back a couple times on a verse. You know what I mean? Like, the dude isn't doing, like, groundbreaking shit. He's just got all the fucking exclusives, and then he's screaming. He's literally screaming over the fucking track. My absolute favorite mixtape DJ, I'll say this a million times, and again, I'm an old cat, so I don't really know any of the new shit that goes on. Most of the, there's, from the best, of, to the best of my knowledge, there is no new shit. It's all fucking trapped and uh, chopped and screwed and, and, and just weird shit about purple dranks and shit, because every time I go on a mixtape, or, or dat piff or whatever it's it's all that type of bullshit there's like a million of those and if you're lucky one like street fucking new york old school type mixtape but anyway my favorite fucking mixtape dj of all time is doo-wop doo-wop could rap and he could fucking he had that smooth fucking voice so his shit didn't sound crazy when he was on the track saying his shit and then he could fucking get on the track with a fucking you know, with an MC and fucking throw a verse and it wouldn't be terrible. And he wouldn't do it all the time, but here and there he'd throw a fucking verse and it wasn't terrible. And then his freestyles, like his exclusive freestyles that he got on there was some other shit, man. Like he really like 95 live part two, the bomb diggy is my favorite fucking mixtape of all time. Like if go get that shit, um, you could pull it up even on YouTube and YouTube isn't going to give you like fucking track by track. You'll have to listen to the shit front to back that way, but go rock it on there and you'll see like, again, 95 live part two, the bomb diggy doo-wop. That shit is fucking fire. That's, that's the fuck I'm talking about. That's that old fucking boom bap fucking street shit right there. That shit is dope. Um, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like Dave Prezak will DJ clue all over the fucking deathmatch mixtape. And I don't like that shit. I don't like that shit at all. It takes away from it. Um, what I didn't like about Robert Anthony is he was too he was too worker. He was too worker lingo ish. First match comes up, and we'll talk about the first match in a second. But he goes like, "Oh, Shellac totally no sold those chairs in the corner." But and then he takes a whip into the fucking glass, and he's like, "Oh, but he sold that." That's that's not what you're supposed to be saying, bro. Again, like we all know it's fake and all that shit, but like. You know, as, as a commentator, you should say something along the lines of, holy shit, those chairs didn't even phase Schlack. He's a fucking beast. And then, uh, you know, he, he gets whipped into the glass and be like, oh, even a beast can't handle some of the plunder that's in here or whatever. I'm just like off the cuff. Like, I'm not saying these are the perfect lines and this, these are the only things you should say, but he no sold that. Oh, he sold that is probably not the right way either but again i mean so much of like detail doesn't even fucking matter anymore so you know it is what it is but yeah i fucking hate prezak um gage comes out hypes the crowd and dedicates the show to nate and you know he comes out to voodoo and all that and and i love that you know i love that he did that i'm very very sure that um you know nate passing hit gage hard i'm i'm positive of it um so you know it's got to be tough for him so he came out dedicates the show to nate 
they do a six bell because it's you know six 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 bell, which you know I guess it is what it is. But um, they play. Then here, here's here's the bullshit. They play his music. Hey, they play voodoo, right? He gets out of the ring. He starts to fucking leave. He's over by the crowd, and he has them cut the music so he could say that his people in prison should be let go. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, dude. You just finished tributing your fucking dude. You're, you're walking out to his fucking music. You stop the music to say, free my guys in prison. Get the fuck out of here. This is this type of bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, stop believing your own shit. If you want to live that fucking life, I mean, I, we could already see what you're going on, what you're, what you're heading to. So maybe, maybe that's the, you know, don't worry about freeing the fucking dude. Because at best case, you'll be back with him. At, at best case. Worst case, your boys in prison will be hopefully getting out to visit your motherfucking grave. But uh, but other than that, like, do you really need to stop your fucking boy's music playing as you leave the ring after you just said the fucking show's dedicated to him to fucking scream into the fucking wrestling crowd? Like, who the fuck is a wrestling crowd to your fucking prison friends? Like, like the, the wrestling audience and the fucking the DVD is going to be the window to you freeing your prison friends. Like, that shit makes you sound stupid. So, um, first matchup, Jimmy Lloyd out with a blonde streak in his hair. Somebody tell him to cut that shit the fuck out. I don't know if that, his, that like, what what is he trying to do there? I mean, is he trying to, is that, like, an attempt to look good? Is that a, an attempt to look like 90s grunge? What exactly is he trying to do with that blonde streak in his motherfucking hair? Um, Schlack comes out, and he's, like, up on the balcony and shit. And he's, like, just fucking screaming, like, Jimmy, come the fuck up here. So, like, Schlack's not even going to go to the ring. His music's hitting. He just, he's just going to stand up on the fucking balcony, like, you come fucking meet me up here, which I thought was pretty cool. But he, he just grabs fucking Jimmy after a second up there and shit cans him off the fucking side of this thing through fucking, like, light tube table fucking crazy shit that's between the guardrail and the fucking, like, super bad fucking crazy looking shit, right? Well, they go back and forth or whatever. Schlack does that dope-ass spot where he just Hulk smashes a fucking table to, to use piece of it for a fucking weapon. Um, but... Jimmy takes some crazy fucking shit. Oh, oh, what did he take? He took a, a clothesline into tubes, and he took, like, a flipping bump off of it. But when he did it, like, his whole fucking wrist, too. Like, he was taped up to the fucking forearm all the way over his hands. And that glass cut through his fucking tape and all that shit on his hand and left a crazy fucking gap, Like, crazy gouge. Like, it, it's like a, an insane little shape and just, like, deep as fuck. Um... And they're they're trying to, like, tape over it and tape over it. You see Brett and Danny, like, crouched down by the fucking apron and this and that. Um, but Jimmy Lloyd goes over. Now, I, I got a couple problems with this. Number one, look, um, I, as I said, I'm not the biggest Jimmy Lloyd fan. I'm really not. I think he has a, a place on the card. I think he absolutely proved that he can fucking hang. No question about it. What he did at TOD, I thought, was fucking excellent. Considering what TOD was expected to be, he went out there and absolutely fucking killed it. And one TOD where I didn't have a problem in the world with it. 
I do not think Jimmy Lloyd is a main event wrestler. I don't think so. Um, like when DJ decided Jimmy Lloyd's going to be the face, the, the, pretty much the leader of the face group up against the DJ group and this and that. And obviously the goal is for them to lead the cage of death with that. That's a bad fucking idea. You're going to have Jimmy Lloyd getting mic time. You're going to have you and Jimmy Lloyd are going to brawl at other fucking companies events and look like, look like $5 wrestling in the lobby. <laughs> and like the fans are just like, well, that's a shame. Let's go back in and watch the rest of the show. <laughs> like this, this intermission sucks. Let's, uh, yeah, this is getting awkward. Let's just go back inside. No one's reacting. Um, so that, that Jimmy Lloyd is not that guy. I don't know. I mean, maybe in the future he becomes that guy. He needs to work on a lot of things, but I don't think there's a problem with being like a mid card death match guy. You know, um, a lot of times they would have old CZW or and even more recent CZW. They'd have your death match like halfway through the card. You'd have another one at the, at the main event. And maybe sometimes Jimmy Lloyd is, a, you know, a tag main event death match, whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't think he should be like the focal point of any like main, main, uh, main event angles or, or any of that type of shit. Um, you put him, you know, before the intermission at a fucking death match or something, I think he's going to kill it. He's going to fucking have the crowd hyped up going into intermission, that type of thing. And I mean, you can move his placement around. I'm not saying that's the only place he could be or, you know, that's the only place it'll work. I'm just saying like to make him the guy, I, I don't think that's, that needs to be his role to pull like a shocking victory. Okay. He did that at tournament of death. You know, he he's pulled a couple where it's like, Oh wow. Jimmy Lloyd, look at this. How many fucking times are we going to put Schlack? Who's the most believable fucking beast on the deathmatch scene. Okay. You got Masada. Masada's one. One of the most believable beasts on the fucking deathmatch scene, without a question. You look at Schlack, he cuts his fucking crazy promos, he's fucking built like an animal, and, and they can't stop having this guy lose in the first, second round at best. He's out every fucking tournament, first or second round, gone. He's not in the finals, he's not in the fucking, he's not winning these motherfuckers. Like, what kind of shit is this? How many fucking times are they just going to keep putting him out? He's such a fucking fan favorite. And still, he's just getting knocked the fuck out. Jimmy Lloyd fucking beats him. He throws Jimmy Lloyd off a fucking balcony. And Jimmy Lloyd still gets the win. But, okay, so that that's my, my logic. Why Schlack keep losing these fucking matches? That It's horrible booking. The other side of things is... They got the fucking owners crouching down at fucking ringside. Between the owners and the fucking wrestler themsel- himself... They have to determine whether this guy's going to be able to go on as a tournament. That was way early in the match. Even if Jimmy's being tough guy, I got this, I could do it, I could do it, I could do it. They got to at some point peek in that fucking hole of that fucking tape and go, oh, nah, bro, you got to get the fuck out of here or whatever. And they got to switch the fucking finish and have Schlack win just because fucking Jimmy can't go on. So to put Jimmy over and then Jimmy can't go on, okay, well, Schlack will just sit in the fucking back and watch the finals, and it just, it's just crazy. That, to me, boggles my mind why they would do that. Um, uh, Scotty versus Gage. Scotty Vortex, Nick Gage. 
Um, I mean, this this just looked like two thin dudes in the ring fighting. I, I, I can't say it enough, man. And this isn't just me, like... I, I know a lot of people think, like, oh, I just keep calling Joey Janela fat because, like, I'm just trying to fucking fuck with him or, you know, I'm just being a dick. But, no, like, I, I pay attention to this shit. And and if there's something going on with the dude where they're not taking care of themselves or, you know, Gage is a way bigger problem. Gage isn't just like, oh, dude, he's not eating enough or he's this and that. Dude, Gage has a drug problem, you know? And, and I, I guess... We could say allegedly or whatever, so I you know, I don't think any lawsuits are going to come out of this fucking podcast. But allegedly, um, a lot of people have seen a lot of things. He has a history with it. He's fucking super fucking thin. And I've heard stories of the way he's looking backstage and shit like this. It's it's not good. It's not good for Gage right now. He He's, he's not looking like fucking Gage. He's looking like he gets fucking sell you discount car stereos or like he'll sell you your wallet back at a discounted price it's just this shit he's looking fucking crazy someone needs to fucking intervene it, it isn't gonna be through oh well okay this week i think he's got it or next week he's all right no he, he needs to go to fucking rehab or or you know something bad's gonna happen something fucking bad's gonna happen um so, and and I've had I've had wrestlers fucking tell me, yeah, dude, shit isn't good. I've had promoters tell me, yeah, shit isn't good. I see what you're talking about. This is fucking bad. I'm really worried. It's not just it's not just this asshole on this podcast. It's countless fucking people who are keeping their mouths shut, and and, and we're all talking amongst ourselves and going like, damn, damn. I just happen to be the one with the voice on here talking about it. But so many other people are choosing to be blind to it or pretend to be blind to it because it just benefits them to just not say anything and just let it happen. And then they'll be at the fucking tribute show or they'll be screaming, fuck the police if he gets locked up again as if he did nothing to possibly avoid uh, continual incarceration at best. Again, that, that would be a fucking godsend if he went back to fucking prison because uh, the other way is not is not better. So this this was all right. Scotty like Scotty's always been one who's botched a lot of spots. Um, he's always been kind of sloppy. Th- this actually came together pretty well for a guy who hasn't wrestled a whole shitload in recent history. Um, Robert Anthony, you know, again, like, he's putting over on the mic how Gage looks fantastic and like he's in amazing shape. Like, cut it the fuck out. Stop it, man. You know motherfucking well that that's not the case. So, um, Kodaka versus G Raver. Um, Kodaka gets hit with a light tube right off the bat, and Blades like like no one's watching. Like he did some shit where like he like he got hit with the tube and he immediately like grabbed at his wrist and I, and I'm watching it like oh shit did his wrist get cut because he acted in such an obvious like panicky manner that he went right to his wrist tape and I'm like oh shit did he get cut in the wrist because that's yeah that's a bad spot to get cut and uh and the next thing you know I see him you know reach from his wrist to his forehead next thing you know his forehead's bleeding I'm like oh okay that's what we needed to do and it's just like whatever happened to like and I know like you know there's been some pretty blatant guys Ian's done some blatant ones in front of the camera and uh there's been a couple over the years 
that uh, you know, we're just like, Jesus Christ, dude, you can't <laughs> just just right out there. Um, but what are happened to like roll to the outside, fucking, you know, tuck towards the ring apron, do a quick little deal and fucking get up. Yeah, I mean, something like I just I hate when it's like right at the fucking camera or they're so like panicked to get to the shit. Like, that's what makes you notice that they're even doing it. It's like, come on, man. Um, Raver seemed off in this match. I'm a big G Raver fan. I think he's he's one of the best like technical wrestlers within deathmatch wrestling. His his shit is usually very on point and quick paced. Even if he misses a few spots, like the lightning pace that he works at, like uh, I don't know. He just he just seemed off. I had another friend that watched this shit and pointed it out to me too and said, "Look, hey man, did you notice he was uh he was just off? I don't I don't know what was going on with him, but." At points, he had really slowed down quite a bit. I don't know if he had an injury or, you know, whatever the case was. I'm sure there's a reason behind it, but, um, yeah. Um, next up was uh, Marcus Crane versus Dysfunction. A lot of dry ice stuff. This Honestly, the dry ice stuff kind of lost my interest. Um, they were doing a lot of putting it here, putting it there, rubbing it here, putting it in the pants, doing it here, doing it that. And it just didn't have, like, the punch that um it probably should have because i'm sure you know if, if all of these things are legit as far as dry ice burning them in all these spaces on their body like it, it's got to suck a lot but i don't know it just it, it lost its punch it didn't have like the um the effect that i think they were going for at least to me it didn't you know on on dvd vod whatever d um so that that was that um I just, I, again, wasn't a real big fan of this match. Um, next up was uh, Cologne versus Takeda. This is the fucking match of the show. This is the reason why you buy this DVD. This is deathmatch done right. This is fucking an absolute amazing fucking deathmatch. Amazing deathmatch. One thing I could have done without in this match is they brought out knives. Knives are... Um, one of those things that I think should be kind of off limits in, in uh deathmatch wrestling because knives have a very defined way of um, hurting and killing your opponent. If we're legitimately going to believe that, look, I'm trying to really kill this motherfucker. I'm trying to, you know, I'm throwing him through piles of glass. I'm breaking off the edge of this thing that's sharp and kind of sticking it in his forehead. Well, if you have a legitimate knife and the ability to just, you know, do what knives do, and you, you kind of choose not to, you know, you, you kind of have to like start to go like, Oh, maybe he just chose to hurt him a little with that knife. Like, it's just, it's kind of weird, especially like a knife in each hand and shit like this. And you know, maybe, maybe that you can, I, I don't even have to say maybe you can definitely do without that. This match was fucking incredible. Um, one point, uh, Takeda catches Cologne's dive. And, like, catches him, doesn't even put him down, and fucking, like, suplexes him. Kind of like Northern Light style, like, you know, by the waist. But, like, release suplexes him into fucking tubes that were braced between two ladders. Um, fucking uh, Takeda goes to the top, fucking puts a pane of glass over Cologne on chairs on the outside. Fucking swantons him from the ring to the fucking, like, through the pane of glass onto Cologne on the outside. Just, this match was fucking insane. I can't say enough good things about this. This match was fucking great. Go see this fucking match. If 
If you're going to see this show for any fucking reason, I honestly, you know, as you could probably tell by my previous match reviews, I wasn't thrilled with this show. I really wasn't thrilled with this show. Some of these these uh, deathmatch marks, they don't give a fuck, man. Every single deathmatch tournament you give them, they're just going to go, best thing ever, best thing ever. Holy shit, that was the most incredible thing ever. That was the best thing ever. Because they're dumb. Basically, because they're dumb. And, you know, they live in the moment. And it's like, you could tell them one thing, but if you roll a coin over in that direction, they're just going to follow the coin. Like, they're just, you know, they're just dumb. They're, they're dense fucking people. So, um, definitely not the best ever. Not even the fucking top 30 deathmatch tournaments. Like, stop it. Um, but this match was fucking incredible. Go out of your way to see just this match, honestly. Um... Next was uh, KTB versus Isaiah's. Isaiah's. I mean, K- Kyle the Beast, he's a good wrestler, but I've had enough of him selling everything like a cruiserweight. He- he's a big dude. He's a powerful dude, but, like, he sells this dude's dive immediately. Immediately takes a bump to this dude's dive. Not like slow, falling backwards, big guy, to, you know, absorbing the the impact. Like, just straight out bumping to every fucking thing. He just doesn't need to do that. He's big enough where he doesn't need to do that, especially with the guys that they're matching him up against. And he's just like, he's just bumping like a cruiserweight all over the fucking place for everyone he works, whether it be Marco's stunt or fucking uh, Isaiah's wasn't bad but that shit just completely throws me it's just like why is why is he falling every time this way smaller guy hits him like every time i i don't like that um next up was a four-way was uh gringo versus pco versus nate webb versus tony deppin um again i i I mean, I, I don't know how many more times I could say this, but I'm just not a wrestling fan anymore. I'm really not. I just, I'm just not entertained by the shit that so many other people are entertained by. Um, PCO, look, man. PCO has is doing amazing shit out there for a guy his age, a guy his size, a guy this, that, that. A lot of his shit is just not good, though. Like, this dude does, like, this fucking uh, reverse Rano off the top. And again, like, I understand the the aura of holy shit for a guy that size to be even attempting that move. Right, I get it. But, like, if it doesn't look good at all, why is that just going to be okay? Because he's a big dude. So when he pulls a reverse Rana and it just looks bad for everyone. It looks bad for his opponent. It looks bad for him. It just looks fucking dangerous and crazy. So, I mean... If he's going to pull shit like that out every once in a while and you go like, oh, shit, he pulled off that thing, fine. But, like, this seemingly is like this guy's moveset is like he's going to reverse Rana someone off the fucking top. He's going to moonsault to the outside. Moonsault's most likely not going to come anywhere near the dude. It's going to be like crazy. And he, like the dude's like taking his fucking life into his hand, spotting this giant dude fucking flipping backwards at him. I don't know, like, and again, I'm sure he hits the moonsault sometimes, he hits that sometimes, and this and that, but there's a lot of just, uh, you know, summer moves, summer here, summer there, and and this guy's a big fucking dude that, again, doesn't need to be doing this, he could just power motherfuckers all over the place, and occasionally pull off some shit, I feel like half his arsenal is cruiser shit, and then his whole gimmick is like, 
oh my god, can you believe he did that thing? Yeah, I can, because he did it the last fucking match. Like, and, and that one didn't come fucking near him either. Again, like, not taking anything away from the guy, because the guy is fucking tremendously talented. And again, just going back into this whole indie thing, reinventing his career at the age he's in, and going out and just blowing the fucking roof off of countless things. You can't not give this guy credit for what he is and what he does. But it's like he's he's doing too much. <laughs> it's just, to me, he's doing too much. Um, so, uh, again, that's just me. I'm not a wrestling fan, so who, it doesn't matter. Um... So then, like, some shit is just weird, you know? Some of this, this, this thought process is weird. PCO goes to the top. Fucking Deppin and uh, Nate Webb come up to double suplex him. Double superplex him. Yeah, I mean, two guys roll up. Fucking two hands, he just fucking shoves these guys off the top rope like they ain't shit. This gringo guy runs the fuck up the ropes two seconds later and hits PCO with a falcon arrow. And it's like, wait, wait a minute. So two guys can't move this fucking guy and this other guy can do a fucking falcon arrow on him like a second later. You figure you'd go the other way. Like one guy tries a move, he gets thrown off. Now two guys got to team up and now they get the big guy over. Like it's just fucking weird. Or is the, the gringo guy supposed to be, like, that much more powerful than two men? Like, it, it's just, I don't really understand. Uh, so, yeah, that, that is what it is. PCO's the new champion, whatever. It's it's good because, you know, he's so fucking over that it, it makes sense. Um, so, yeah. Um, finals, finals are crazy. But the, here's here's the other thing. They just decided, like, there's not going to be a second round. There's a first round, and then we're just having a big finals. Well, to me, that's not even a tournament. It's not a tournament, man. There's, like, a series of matches and then, like, one five-way with the winners of those matches. That's not really a tournament to me. I think you need three rounds to be a tournament. Um, I don't think the fans are upset, but shit. Um, so... Takeda wins this fucking thing, and look, I mean, Takeda's one of the absolute best in the world, no question about it, but how many fucking times is Marcus Crane, just like I said with Schlack, how many times is Marcus Crane going to lose the fucking tournament? This guy has been taking the craziest fucking shit, he has been the Takeda of the United States, and GCW specifically for the fucking most part, taking the craziest bumps, while Takeda's over there taking scissor bumps in Japan, he's over here taking scissor bumps in the U.S., and it still comes down, in Marcus's home fucking town, it comes down to Takeda and Gage. I mean, come on. And, and look, the match is crazy, but it's all over the fucking place. It's a clusterfuck because it's five fucking people. And, and it's just, just all over the place. So some crazy shit goes on here, crazy shit goes on there. But, like, I, I feel like it's a waste. I really like one-on-one matches. If you do a couple three ways, maybe. But it should only be like one of the rounds. This is this is half of the tournament. Is This one match is the other half of the tournament. Because round two and three was summed up in one match. Um, so, yeah. Um, I honestly think Marcus Crane should have won this. I know it's like a nod to the deathmatch... Uh, community and the the Japanese wrestlers to put the guy over. You know, it looks good in, in your um you know, your relationship with Japan and this and that. Look we, you know, gave him this honor and da da. But 
Marcus Crane in his fucking hometown makes all the sense in the world. Blow the fucking roof off. Let him win the fucking tournament. You know? I, I mean, it's just... And the thing is, is like, look, I mean, we can we can wind up getting Schlack and Marcus Crane. I don't think I've burned the bridges with them yet. <laughs> uh, we can get Schlack and Marcus Crane on this show. And there's a good chance these fucking guys tell you, nah, dude, they want to put me over and I didn't want to go over. There has to be a point where some of these wrestlers are just told by the fucking management, we want to do this tonight. We're, we are putting you through. I I think, you know, I heard this a long time ago too, that like the GCW wrestlers are just allowed to just do whatever they want. They, they just, they pick out what they're going to do and they just kind of run the show. You know, the, the owner set up kind of what's going to, you know, uh, go on, but like the, a lot of the shit's just written on the fly as far as what the wrestlers feel like they want to do and their decisions and this and that. But owners got to book the fucking show. They they really got to book the show, have some fucking sense of direction for their company, and, and really fucking put this shit on the people who it's going to, in the future, make the best move for. And again, I don't know if just like the kissing Japanese ass is like the right business decision so that way things work out and guys come back. I don't know if that's the reason behind it. But again, I think as amazing as Takeda is, I think Marcus Crane deserves a fucking tournament win. Like, how how fucking, how many tournaments are we going to have in GCW where Marcus Crane takes fucking crazy shit after crazy shit after crazy shit on every regular show, on every tournament, on everything, and and just doesn't, doesn't get the fucking win? I don't know. I don't like it. Um... So, yeah, again, go out of your way to watch the Takeda-Cologne match. Uh, I definitely, uh, I'm fucking tired. Um, I definitely enjoyed the shit out of that. So, um, let me see. Um, I want to, uh, pull up where the fuck my, uh, I put up questions or whatever, and I really didn't get much, but, um, I don't want to, like, not. Oh, uh, yeah, Pete asked, why does Schlack and Crane never make it to the finals of anything? That's, that's, again, that was something already on my, uh, yeah, my, my thought process to cover just because Schlack went out first round to Jimmy fucking Lloyd who could not, uh, continue, you know, and, um, even if he could continue, I, did, I just don't feel like that was the right decision, I, not at all, um, so there's that, um, Mike Dix wants to know who I would book King of the Kings, King of all Kings, and who would go over what stipulations. I honestly don't know who's in it and who's not in it. I haven't looked at that since the last time I complained about it. Um, obviously, I would I would imagine Nick Gage isn't in it anymore. They stripped the motherfucking title. He knew showed he no showed two shows in a row for them. I don't know if anything's going to be worked out between them because they are coming to Jersey, and. Uh, Working over in the Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall. And I'll actually let me touch on that in a second, too, because Jeremy uh, spoke his very passionate opinion on his show. I got you five stars. And, uh, yeah, I, I I feel the same. But I'll, I'll speak it in my, my language. And, uh, you know, but anyway, um, they're coming over here to work for them. And uh, I know they had Gage booked on some shit. He's, he's going to be right, right in Gage's fucking traveling distance i don't know if they work it out i think uh i don't even know when that show is but i think it's definitely before the king of all kings thing so 
I think time will tell. I think if he works for that, maybe you got the chance of seeing him at King of All Kings. If he's not at that one at the uh, Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall, then I would expect not to see him at that. Um, he's definitely one of those guys that I would say definitely Marcus Crane belongs in that 100%. Um, Slack, I think. I don't think he's in it. He should be in it. Um, it's hard to say. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know who I would put in it. I, I focus so much more over time of the different people who I would not put in and who are already in it. So as long as people like insane lane and carnage are in the fucking tournament, the tournament is, is completely trash as far as what the concept was. The concept was supposed to be the best deathmatch tournament ever run better than their own tournaments. No filler, no extra, no this, no that. So as long as they're putting guys like Insane Lane, who's not going to work a match between fucking whenever he retired and was selling wrestling figures on Facebook, saying how he's done with wrestling and he sold his fucking gym shorts and his fucking uh, plastic mask and and he, he was done and this and this. And he's consistently, any pictures I've seen of him, because people keep sending me screenshots of pictures and stuff, and he's not in good shape. Like, all of this, he's lost weight shit is fucking news to me because he's not in any of his pictures. He's not. Um, so anyway, he, he's supposed to, um, uh, he's supposed to be in the tournament. So as long as there's guys like that in the tournament, I I don't want to hear about you, you running a a mega tournament to top all tournaments. I don't, I don't believe so because look like again, the GCW tournament was not the greatest ever, but uh, they just had Takeda in there. Is Takeda in your tournament? Because he, he's won some fucking tournaments, and he just won a GCW tournament. So you got Takeda in that tournament? Because that, that would definitely lean you in the direction of being, you know, best ever. Because if you're going to have best ever, well, shit, this tournament just had one of the best ever in it. June Kasai was in fucking Tournament of Death 10, I believe. 10? I think 10. Uh, well, he's fucking, in my opinion, the best ever. He's, he's not going to be in the tournament. Okay, so then we're just going to put in guys like Insane Lane, like Carnage. We're going to take um, any newcomers you got going in IWA that you could book for cheap. But again, we're just taking only the top talent. There, there's guys that you're still, you know, um, you know, paying opening day rate because they're, they're brand new. Those guys are going to be in the tournament because it's cheap. And, and hey, man, like that Orin dude... He, he's he's badass. He's busting his ass. But we're putting newcomers wasn't even like a normal thing for King of the Death Match without winning like a Prince of the Death Match. So a guy who hasn't even been in a King of the Death Match to be in the King of All King Death Matches, bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. Again, I have no respect for that tournament because they put up a premise and they immediately shit on their own premise. So I, I, it just it, it really doesn't matter to me. I don't want to go into the whole thing again, even though I kind of did. Um, so, yeah, that's that. I want to talk a little bit about CZW and uh, some of the uh, nonsense that has been uh, said on, on Facebook over the, the past week since their ridiculous show that they just put on. Um, what the fuck? Yeah, so let me let me take a break and come back and, and I'll talk about that shit. Um, there. 
DJ um, is is one of the fakest fucking people when it comes to this type of shit. 
Um, so he he before the show, dark match inducted Nate Hatred um, into the Hall of Fame. This is a guy who for three years he completely ignored his wanting to be into CZW. He wanted to be back in CZW. Nate told me on countless uh, times himself that he contact DJ, he contact DJ, he contact DJ, DJ blows him off, DJ blows him off, DJ won't give him the fucking time of day. So for the past three years, CZW legend, CZW now Hall of Famer contacted DJ to want to be part of the company. DJ couldn't find a fucking spot for him. But now he's a Hall of Famer because he's dead. It's bullshit. It's absolute fake bullshit. DJ clearly didn't like Nate. They, um, I'll, I'll let uh, Mike Hamilton come on on another show and, you know, he'll tell the story and stuff. But there was like an altercation that happened at the school and shit where they didn't get along and, you know, some things happened. And uh, he didn't like Nate. Nate didn't like him. And he tragically died. And DJ puts him in the Hall of Fame like they're fucking buddies. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Just like fucking when he fake cried when he put Hogan in. Because it's it's just like, look at me, I'm such a good guy. I'll fucking, I'll do this so that way, like, you know, you think I'm just going to do the right thing all the time. Again, Trent Acid isn't in the fucking Hall of Fame. John Zandig isn't in the fucking Hall of Fame. But, you know, DJ's just a good guy. He just, just does the right thing. Who's in the Hall of Fame? Oh, DJ. He's in the... Um, so anyway, here's this show. Check this shit out. Down with the sickness. Dancing with the stars, as I've previously called it. Brandon Kirk beats Max, Max Caster. Uh, Anthony Green beats Dan O'Hare. So that's what you do. You fucking, you, you put Matt Tremont in the fucking ring with Dan O'Hare for Matt Tremont's last fucking match in CZW. Matt chooses to fucking go up against Dan O'Hare because he, he believes he needs the fucking, he, he could use the push. He deserves the push. And what do you do? You put him up against fucking Anthony Green. And, and Anthony Green wins that fucking match. Because clearly, that means more than any kind of fucking vote of confidence than Tremont ever gave to fucking Dan O'Hare. I'm not saying that Dan O'Hare should be the new world champion because Matt Tremont put him over. But I'm saying um, he probably shouldn't be losing match two to fucking Anthony Green. Um, next up is CZW World Heavyweight number one title contender tournament first round. It's a tournament, but again, there's just going to be like two matches on this and then, you know, maybe another show. They're going to have more matches. And um, so basically there's a CZW world title tournament where these guys have to have matches to get into the to, to get a shot at the world title. But then the next show they have. The returning world champion against the returning David Starr. So David Starr could go just like tour the fucking world and show up anytime and get a title shot. But the guys that are there all, every month, they need to to uh, they need to have a tournament in order to get a shot. You know, 
uh, th- that makes, you know, CZW type sense. So uh, that that's uh, Mance Warner beating Connor Claxton in the first first round. Um, next up, CZW tag team titles: the Blackout, Black G's, and Ruckus with Robbie Marino beat the Rep with Maven Bentley, and uh, they win the titles. So there's that. Shit would have mattered years ago. Uh, it doesn't now, because CZW is a dying fucking creature. It, it is a dying fucking company. And, and it, it's crazy because they do so much denying the past and and separate them, separating themselves from what made CZW what CZW was, what brought CZW to this point. You know, and... Here and there, they just go, oh, let's revisit that. So, they do the blackout, which, hey, man, like, some of my favorite dudes, straight up. G's and Ruckus are, are some of my favorite fucking dudes in wrestling. As, as people, on top of, you know, being solid in the ring. And, and Ruckus, you know, Ruckus is working, for the most part, he's worked fucking B-shows for the past couple of years. He's worked bullshit shindies and, and things that are, like, super local to him. And really, really, uh, you know, I, I got to be 100% honest. Like, Ruckus hasn't pushed himself to the limit. Ruckus hasn't pushed himself as far as he can go. He he hit fucking cruise control. I don't, I don't know, you know, if that cush has got him lazy. I, I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? I just know that um, Ruckus was a dude that had got to the point where he was in Ring of Honor. He was in the fucking Vulture Squad, you know, with fucking Jack Evans and Jigsaw fucking... Uh, Julius Smokes at his side. He was CZW World Champion. He was fucking... He was making fucking waves. This motherfucker was getting... He was getting spots in companies all over the fucking place. And... Out of nowhere, it was just like, well, you stopped seeing that type of movement. You really didn't see that that type of uh, range out of Ruckus. You didn't really see Ruckus getting booked here and there and there and there and there. And... G's continue to work all over the fucking place. You know, he, he kind of rebranded himself. You know, he had clicked up with Joker. He had clicked up with Pepper Parks. He's done, you know, tag team stuff with a few different people. And then on the single side, he went over and won this title. He won that title. He's been over here. He's still flying to Cali. He's still doing this. He's doing that. And what's Ruckus up to? It's not a lack of talent. Definitely not a lack of talent. The dude's been nice since fucking day one. Dude was fucking way, way overweight, super fucking fat, and doing some of the craziest shit you ever seen before half of these people were doing it now or even doing it. Innovating, doing shit that people didn't even fucking think of. So so what is it? Again, I, I don't I don't really know. But I can't say that like, yo, they brought blackout back at the top of their game and shit. They they you know, I mean, Jesus is doing his thing. But I mean, Ruckus, the talent has always been there. Hopefully, this will be some kind of resurgence. But CZW, to me, is not going to be the place to be. If they're going to get their shit rolling and make a big fucking thing out of what Blackout was and Blackout now could be reinvented, it's not going to be in CZW. CZW is a dying fucking company. So, 
For now, they're the world champions, or the world tag team champions. Okay? Now the Shook crew defeat Massage Envy. Or Massage Force, I should say. Okay? So, the next in the heavyweight title contender, round one, number one contender, round one, is Ricky Shane Page beating Joe Gacy. All right, two former world champions got to fight in a tournament to get a title shot where uh, David Starr just kind of comes back from his hiatus and the champ comes back from his hiatus and then they fight each other. Um, the CCW wired title four-way. Blackwater beats Ace Austin, who was apparently the champion, and Jordan Oliver and Casey Navarro. Now, this is the shit that on paper... Looked like the type of match that Nate Hatred would come in and just destroy all four guys, and the crowd would go fucking nuts. Um, so here, here's first off, here's what happened, you know, because because let's let, let's go down the road of CZW doing great. CZW's doing great, right? You just made Zach Wentz the fucking wired champion, and he hasn't come back since. So this is like some shit where like you borrow something from a friend. And you stop hanging out with the friend, and the friend's calling you like, "Yo, let me get that shit back." And you're like, "Ah, I'm not coming over there." And you're like, "Ah, oh, well, I mean, are you gonna be over at such and such's house?" Yeah, I mean, I'll go there. Yeah, I'm going there today. Are you gonna be there? Nah, nah, I'm gonna be there tomorrow. All right. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll leave it over there, and then you can get it from him. That's pretty much what they did with the wired title because. Zach Wentz wasn't, had no plans to come back in CZW. So it was the bright idea to put the fucking wired title on a guy who had no fucking intention to make his, his make CZW a priority in his plans. So you got all these motherfuckers that you, you booked top in your fucking company. You booked up top in your fucking company. And then as soon as they get a booking that they like a little better than yours, they're fucking out of there. They don't give a fuck about CZW. So Zach Wentz lost the title to Ace Austin in Rockstar Pro. And then Ace Austin, the wired title holder, came and lost the title in a four-way to Blackwater, who has one of the shittiest gimmicks of all time and is not a good wrestler. I don't give a fuck who says what. I don't give a fuck if Kit puts on fucking uh, Instagram, how he's got a man crush on him. I don't give a fuck. What's going on with them? He's not a good wrestler. He's really not. Average at best. At, at, at absolute best. Wired fucking champion. Out of all... You go look at the fucking wired champions. Go back a couple champions ago. And, and let's talk about the fucking talent there. And, and if Blackwater belongs in that fucking category. Stop. He might be your best friend. Motherfucker might be dope at barbecues. He might show up with all sorts of fucking... Dude might never show up at your house without a gift. Wipe his feet on the mat every time. Motherfucker's polite as a motherfucker. You know what I mean? He might be clutch. You need to ride, that motherfucker's on it. I mean, he might be the dude, you know what I mean? But I ain't got shit to do with fucking... Wired title. The title looks like... It. The titles look like shit since day one. Because when's the next Wired taping anybody got any news on the next wired taping 
because I've been I've been staring at the fucking computer waiting for the next Wired TV episode. I guess that shit's not happening now, but we'll keep the title rocking with that because it looks good with the rainbow colors on on random fucking students. Um. And then a main event, John Silver versus Alex Reynolds. John Silver beats Alex Reynolds in the Chris Cash Memorial Ladder Match. Now, I heard this match was garbage. I'm not watching this show. I, I can easily read through these results and tell you, they, I have no interest in watching a fucking thing on this show, not, not anything. And, I, and I, I know people who watched this show, who attended this show, and said, this is possibly the worst show CZW has ever had. Fucking terrible. The ladder match was terrible. From what I hear. Well, I can speak to this. Those are not CCW guys on that fucking ladder match. The Chris Cass Memorial ladder match. Always. I would say always, or maybe, you know, I'd have to look back at the past couple of years to see if anything has changed. I forget who had it, who did it last year. But it's almost always been, and, and definitely initially with the tradition, has been CCW guys. And, look, they don't have to have been born and raised in CZW to be CZW guys. I mean, CZW guys, as far as this is the Chris Cash Memorial ladder match, what does that mean to them? If that means that they're going to go out there and do death-defying shit and crazy shit and take some of the craziest fucking bumps of their career in this match because they know that 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 fucking match has such meaning behind it, that match has such heart behind it, has such passion behind what it means to CZW, the CZW crowd, and the history of CZW, and what that show stands for. John Silver and Alex Reynolds are not going out there and risking their fucking shit for CZW. Not, not at all. Not, not ever. Not at all. They, they worked in CZW. They've been there for a while. They're not fucking CZW guys. They work in Beyond. They work here. They work there. And guaranteed they have crazier fucking matches in Beyond than they have in CZW. So your big main fucking uh, ladder match for this is is that? Get the fuck out of here. Those guys aren't killing themselves for DJ fucking Hyde and and the fucking student crew. Get the fuck out of here. So now, following this show, um, let me see. Um, I just had it up here, and then I fucking lost it. All right, I gotta find it again. So, Cookie Guy Steve, a guy who, you know, look, man, um, I I think Steve's a cornball. Um, he, he, he's tremendously loyal. He's done huge, huge things for CZW. I'm not, you know, Hey, look, I, I, I'll tell you, this guy has been extremely valuable for CZW as far as like his personality goes, eh, just, eh, yeah, not, not really like my type of dude, but again, like none of these, for the most part, none of these wrestling fans are there. There's a few people I could actually hang out with, but th- this shit is few and far between. And, uh, I know this shit sounds wild on a podcast, but I just I just don't give a fuck. I'm not a wrestling fan. Um, so, I, so I'm going to talk about wrestling for another fucking 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> so uh, he posted too much Dojo Wars at monthly CCW shows. So 
MLJ chimes in and says, if it, it, as if CZW wasn't always built around young guys from their training school from the very beginning. And then uh, Steve's like, you know, at least half of them weren't still green before bringing them in. And I and I just said, sure, there were young guys, but not in top spots immediately. They had a core roster. So then he, he posts you know, fucking high horse, fucking uppity bullshit. Ah, yes, how foolish of me. All four of these guys in this main event were established and not new at all. What does he post? The very first fucking CZW show. Main event, Justice Payne, Derek Domino, Nick Gage, TCK. Okay, first off, the company was new. Of course the fucking guys were new. The company was new. Gage and Justice Payne continued to be main guys for years to come. Years to come. Those were main guys. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to use the first show? And I even said, come on, man, like... You're going to use opening night to prove these guys were new. CZW was built off of guys that may have been young on the inception of CZW, but they were mainstays of CZW for years to come. And they laid the path for young guys to come in. It's crazy. These people are just continuing to argue like, you don't know what you're talking about. CZW was always this and this. and that. What the fuck are you talking about? Because I was going to CZW in 2001. And let me see. Um, so I was, I don't know, my my 20s uh, had to be, no. What the fuck? I can't do math. <laughs> this is not Yakuza Math Podcast. Uh, it's 2018 now. 17 years ago. Right? 2018, yeah, so 17 years ago, I'm 40 now, so, you know, late, late 20s, Jesus Christ, that make me 30, actually early 20s, early 20s I was, now, MLJ is like about 10 years younger than me, maybe a little less, which would make him in his early teens. So he was like 12 years old when this shit was going on. So you can go back into history and you can watch all the shit you want and this and that. But as far as like living through and really seeing month in and month out what CZW was and absorbing it and enjoying it at the level that I did, to me, you just you don't know shit. Because to, to put up, like, opening day and be like, oh, see, the guys were young. Like, what am I talking about? And then he's like, oh, you know, the point is uh, sometimes there, people are used in, in top spots and sometimes they're not. And, uh, you know, sometimes young guys are used in top spots and this and that. And, like, what, what the fuck? And uh, even, you know, Steve said, uh, he said something about CCW's always been centered around young talent they've developed. And he made a great point. He said, uh, centered around young talent they've developed. That doesn't explain Drake Younger, Scotty Vortex, Ryan McBride, Jake and Dave Chris, Masada, Necrobutcher, B-Boy, Kevin Steen, John Moxley, Sammy Callahan, Jonathan Gresham, Mayor Fox, Nick Mondo, Robert Anthony, 
G's, Joker, Kingston, Brody Lee, Azriel, Bandito, Brain Damage, Nate, H- uh, Nate Webb, not Hatred, Nate Webb, Chris Hero, JC Bailey, the list goes on and on, which is 100% true. So many of those guys became mainstays, main guys, top guys in CZW. Even the homegrown, like your Chris Cash's, they weren't fucking main event guys. Cash had gotten to the point where he was doing some main event shit. And they had started to put him up towards the top because he earned that through the fucking crazy ladder match that he had with Joker. And that was the shit that escalated this guy through the fucking roof. Not just being in the fucking training school and the next thing you know he's walking around with the fucking Iron Man title. That's that's not what fucking happened. And you fucking, well, you should know that that's not what fucking happened. See, what's happening right now, and, you know, Kid Osborne is another dude. See, so then here's the next thing that happened. I, I could read through some more comments or whatever the case is. But, um, actually, before I jump off this, uh, I don't want to forget. Uh, they went back into the argument about the, um, the post that Maven made. And, um, Maven had made the post that said about the, um, if you have any family, friends, whatever, that, um, saying attendance is really low but streaming is great and um if you have any people who would not normally buy a ticket for the show let me know we'll comp them and this and this so there was a lot of talk on like whether this was legit whether this wasn't legit um oh like bob mcgee kept saying like oh you know oh brett and danny are up to this it's not like really vindictive enough to just put some shit out there like that and be like oh yeah they're offering comps, those motherfuckers. Like, that's not really, that's not really, like, scathing. That's a, that's not something that a Brett and Danny would put up. Again, I don't like those fucking people at all. Like, not even a little bit. Um, But to try to be like, oh, no, that must be fake. No way would they do that. Like, no, 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 no. That, that, that's legit. It, it's legit. And, and it came out that it was legit, too. Then the dispute was because it was put out to like students and people who work within the company, but then it was leaked. So somebody within their family doesn't give a fuck about them neither surprise. Um, and leaked this, this private message that was in a group that was private. Um, so then of course, you know, a bunch of fans are like, what the fuck you're giving away tickets now? Like, Oh, uh, that's fucking nice to know. Like this and that. And they're like, no, 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 not for you. Not for you. That's, that's not for you. So now there's a big argument going back and forth about that. But just to, you know, just to point out that, you know, the Bob McGee's of the world. Um, yeah, yeah, that was legit. The attendance is garbage. I don't give a fuck what kind of nonsense you make up. What what kind of nonsense the students say or, or Kid Osborne says or MLJ says. You can argue with the fans that the company is, is doing great. But, dude, look around at the crowd. The attendance is not great. Maven said it himself when he told the fucking workers, hey, go get some fucking fans so we could fucking give them seats. Like, your shit is dying. Your shit is visibly fucking dying. And then instead of focusing on the product and making it so the fans want to see it, you're just going to argue with the fans that, no, no, it's good. You're wrong. Because that's how business works. You're a stupid asshole. Emil J, Kit, all you guys, you're stupid fucking assholes. Because your your method of arguing with the fans instead of pleasing the fans has never drawn a fucking dollar. Do you understand that, like, 
Joey Janela played this role. Joey Janela for about a year and a half, roughly, behind DJ's back to anyone who wasn't going to say anything, to fucking people. And, and I've had conversations, too. But to many other people, would bury fucking DJ, would bury the direction CCW is going. But then would go online and fucking he'd go to war with anybody. You don't know what you're talking about. CCW is evolving. It's heading in the right direction. I don't think he used the word evolve because that would be crazy ironic seeing as he works with Evolve and not CZW now. But um, it, it, it's making progress. And he probably works for progress too. So you see, maybe he was just dropping hints. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was saying things like, yeah, like CZW is, is heading in the right direction. And, um, you know, you guys just don't know. And if you don't like it, just don't watch it and this and that. And, and he played that role and then he left. He walked the fuck away. Um, Preacher, who was one of their fucking trainers, walked the fuck away. You see all these guys walking the fuck away. The thing about, like, a kid Osborne, because, well, actually, let me just jump over to his thing. Because what happened then was, um, Kit then shared, which is somewhat of a bitch move, because Kit shared cookie guys fucking post in order to get like like his own like biased opinions on his page so he figured if he if he shared um cookie guy steve's post we can get a whole nother group of people who just agree with him because they're on his page yeah i mean (laughs) so it's just like a way more friendly way to argue the point is like oh let me bring this discussion back into my group so, and, and, you know, again, like, the one dude, I don't even know who the fuck he was. Um, I guess he's one of the uh, the Shook, Shook boys or whatever. And he said some shit like, uh, where the fuck? I think he said that on the other post. He said, like, uh, Dojo Wars has always been fire, bro. Like, dude, you don't know. Dojo Wars draws 30 fucking people. If you're really going to pretend like it's the fucking best shit on the fucking indies and like you just only you know about it or or people are fronting on it, like stop it, dude. It's a student show. It's what it is. And if people enjoy that, fine. Uh, you know, just just call it what it is. It's, it's not. It's hard to even have discussions with these people because it's. Let me see if there's anything in, in here. Um. Where the fuck? Because I know somewhere in here, MLJ took the, the shot of me over here. Um, about podcasts. I'll find that in a second. Let me explain the Kid Osborne side of things. Kid Osborne is a dude who... I, I should have looked up the year or whatever. But in the arena, he had jobbed out to fucking Robert Anthony. Just like fucking squashed real quick. To like fucking two moves, like a powerbomb, fucking smash, smash, fucking just murder shit, uh, he took the same type of squash to G's back in the arena, this is before they left the fucking arena, I mean, we're approaching probably fucking close to 10 years, right, I mean, again, I, I didn't do the research, because I don't care enough, but, that was a long fucking time ago, like, how long are you gonna spend being a fucking student, 
Kid Osborne, as far as I'm concerned, is someone who should be a lot fucking further in his career. I think he's a dude who, who has some talent. I think he should be a lot fucking further in his career. But instead, he's married to this fucking DJ Hyde mentality and locked into this fucking CZW idea. And you know why it looks good right now to him and all the fucking students who, by all means, should be fucking standing up and screaming CZW's the shit. You know why? Because they have spots in a company that fucking 10 years ago, they wouldn't have stood a fucking chance in. They would be lucky to see a fucking dark match on the card and they're walking around holding titles. You tell me fucking 2003 CZW... Eddie fucking Blackwater would have a fucking belt out of here. It, that, that's the thing. They're on a sinking ship, but they're just happy to be aboard. They don't give a fuck that it's sinking because the fact that they're on the fucking, uh, on the deck while that shit is sinking. Fucking press. I ain't coming for no food. 